Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In this episode, we are going to dive into our top five mistakes as we started our health and fitness journeys. But first, quick reminder on that three episode rule, if you are a new listener and you have gotten to the third episode, listen to three, we ask that you just hit pause real quick, drop a quick five star review. It allows us to grow our channel. Um, We don't do any ads on here. All we ask is if you guys got some value to share that, to let someone else get that same value and learn something and apply it to their lives. So that is all we ask. Three episode rule. Returning listeners, you already knew that, but we are going to dive right in today. So to kick it off, what is, in any order, one of your five biggest mistakes? First one for me is, or was, I should say, thinking that proper nutrition just meant like less calories, like always picking the diet type foods, like how can I eat less calories throughout the day as a whole, but also like what foods can I eat that have the lowest amount of calories for every single time that I'm eating. And I think that's a really common thing that a lot of women get sucked into. And I think that's just part of like what we've been fed by the media over the years. I do think that's starting to shift a little bit, but I feel like that's just like typical diet culture is like, how can I eat as little calories as possible, see fat loss, and just that's, that's it. That's the, that's the key. When in reality, (laughs) that is not the key because number one, you're going to feel like crap. First and foremost, women should not be eating 1200 calories per day 1300 calories per day even 1500 calories per day is still super low um most women are going to need to maintain somewhere between 18 to 2200 calories i'll throw that out as like a very generic ballpark range and that's maintenance for most people and obviously it depends on your activity levels it depends on what your goals are but if you're eating less than that for the longer haul for the longer term you need to make some changes here and By changes, I mean a reverse diet probably or even if it's just hopping back up to what your true maintenance is. Um, But overall, less thinking less when it comes to nutrition. That was like the biggest mistake I made and that's why I did not see progress for the first couple years of my journey because I was just not fueling my body with enough food and also the right amounts of macros which are also important so it's not just calories macros matter too so what were the issues that you saw and that people currently in that same position are dealing with why is that a problem because you're not able to gain muscle mass when you're eating low calories like that and for a lot of women their goal is to appear more toned right to either lose body fat or to have like that toned look And when you're not fueling optimally, you're not getting enough muscle mass to appear toned. Like you just don't have enough there. Even if you lose body fat, you're still just not happy with how you look because you don't have that toned appearance. Um, So I would say that's the biggest thing. The other side of that is you're just going to feel really, really, really crappy. You're not going to have regular digestion. It can impact your sleep. It's going to impact your relationship with food, your hunger levels. You're always thinking about food. You're always 
hungry and like you can I remember finishing a meal a meal quote unquote that was probably like two or three hundred calories and then like still being hungry and thinking okay what am I going to eat for my next meal in like two or three hours um so you're just constantly in that state of like thinking about food you're just your biofeedback just sucks as a whole and we talk about the importance of biofeedback all the time here on the podcast but you know your biofeedback is your sleep your energy levels throughout the day your digestion um I was just super fatigued all the time I would hit that like 1 p.m 2 p.m slump and feel like I needed more coffee when in reality I just needed more food and I needed to fuel my body better than I was feeling it at that time um and once I did start learning about macros and tracking my macros and realized that I needed more food I started to see progress fairly quickly um you know at at that point it was the same time I was following a training a proper training program so when I when I implemented both of those things my progress started to happen pretty rapidly um but for so long before that, I just felt like I was spinning my wheels over and over again, trying to lose body fat when in reality, I just needed to gain more muscle mass to get the results that I wanted. Which is probably, you know, the solution for most people who are even listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, I'll kick mine off with one along similar lines. So not paying attention to, uh, to fiber and to nutrient diversity. So my diet was chicken and rice. My go-to was protein and oats. I would literally blend a cup and a half, two cups of oats and chug it because I was eating at at my peak 45, sometimes closer to 5,000 calories. I was 227 pounds um, with abysmal gut health, by the way. There's a whole bunch of things going on with that, which I'll dive into in a little bit. But literally just pounding chicken and rice, Pounding protein shakes and uh, and ground oats just to get my protein and carbs in and to just get some liquid calories. Um, this was also my pop tart era, so my pre workout was mm. a couple pop tarts. So it was I literally I just still love a good pop tart every now and then, but we ate them every day, every day, every single day. Ice cream, uh, but it was all about if it, if it's your macros, hitting my targets, making sure I got to that level so I could keep gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight, getting stronger, pushing harder in the gym. Um, Unbeknownst to me, had I actually been fueling myself with the right things, with whole foods, with nutrients, with fiber, supporting my gut health, supporting my energy levels, my hormones, um, you get so much more out of it. And it took me a long time. It took me years into my gut health journey, my healing my gut journey to actually realize the impact that it made just beyond digestion, just feeling really good, allowing biofeedback to thrive. So when we consume these quote-unquote empty calories, and I'm not saying chicken and rice are bad for you. I'm not saying protein shakes are bad or uh, organic oats, if you guys listened to the last episode, uh, are bad for us. Um, But if we aren't not only getting nutrients in, so even if you're consuming whole foods, if we're not focusing on different types of whole foods, so getting that nutrient diversity, getting that fiber diversity, each different nutrient, obviously we're supporting micronutrient diversity, so we're avoiding specific deficiencies, but in regards to the fiber as well, each different source of fiber feeds a different species of your gut microbiota, and each different species has its own superpower, its own benefit for your health. Um, So these are things I not only didn't know about, I just, I didn't care. I wanted to see the scale go up, I didn't understand why I felt sluggish 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that was, I don't want to say these these are ranked. This is just five separate mistakes. They all had a huge impact. But this one was absolutely a major, major impact 
Um, and again, a lot of us, especially if you're diving into your health and fitness journey and you're looking for these meal plans or you just signed up with someone specifically for a meal plan, that can get you to a short-term goal. But until you understand the bigger picture and the broader view of everything that goes on within your diet and the things that you need, you aren't going to realize the benefits of learning what to put into your body and of learning what foods you respond best to. Um, not to say we need to cut, cut out food groups, um, but you're going to notice, hey, when I have this, I feel really good. When I get into this variety of foods to get into my rhythm, my routine, I'm consistent with these things, I feel really good. So mixing it up, swapping in some new veggies and a stir fry with the chicken and the rice, things like that, that I could have done a long time ago. Um, they just take a tiny bit more effort and a little more preparation as you're going through this. But single-handedly, massive impact and one of my absolute biggest mistakes. Number two for me was tracking calories burned. And this was like when I started, when I very, like the very, very, very beginning of my fitness journey when we were still in college. Um, I remember I had like a polar heart rate watch. And back then they were like <laughs> digital. They weren't fancy at all. It was just like this digital watch. And then you had the heart rate strap that you would wear. And literally the purpose of my workouts was how many calories can I burn? Like I, it didn't matter what I was doing. I didn't follow a program. It was just like, let me show up to the gym and work as hard as I can to burn calories. And that's just such backwards thinking. But aside from that, there's no tool, watch, strap, machine out there that is available to the general public that is going to accurately track how many calories you burn. So it's useless information in that regard because you have to be in a lab setting hooked up to the highest quality of equipment to even get a remotely accurate reading on that. So know that, number one. Number two, when you're solely showing up to the gym to focus on just how much you can burn, you're missing the whole aspect and all the other aspects of exercise in general, all of the benefits. And I guarantee if that is you and you are trying to just burn calories and you're thinking about it in the sense of how many calories can I burn so that I lose more body fat, it's just like you're a little hamster on its wheel. That's literally what you're doing. Um, it's not enjoyable. It's honestly quite miserable. You feel terrible after because if this is something that you do, you probably also realize that it's really hard to burn even 300 calories. Whereas if you were just to not eat 300 calories, it's really not a huge deal. But to go burn 300 calories, like you have to be working pretty dang hard for your watch to read that. Did those things, and I doubt it, but I'll ask it anyway. Would those track EPOC? Hmm? EPOC? Would they track it? Would those trackers track excess post-exercise oxygen um, consumption? I don't know. That's a good question. So I mean, a lot of people, even if you're still hooked on the calories thing and you're going there and you're doing your intervals and this and that, you're not realizing that you're burning more calories after a weight training session than you are during a weight training session. So cumulatively over time. It probably tracks it if somebody is wearing, wearing like it the entire day, the entire day, but they're probably also not paying attention to that, mm. you know. Um, so you're going to burn more calories from a weight training session, just not within the weight training session right. to, to dive into that. So cardio, you're going to burn most of that during your session and then you don't continue burning as many calories from that cardio session. Whereas with weight training, you don't burn a ton of ton of calories in that session, but you actually burn more calories throughout the day because you had the weight training session. So instead of focusing on calories burned, which we know now is irrelevant, um, 
what's actually going to move the needle when it comes to seeing the progress that you want to see. When I say progress in this regard, I'm talking about fat loss. I'm talking about those of you who want to speed up your metabolism. The best way to speed up your metabolism is to lift weights. So that is number one, to efficiently lift weights and see progress in that regard and to build muscle. You have to be following a program, and this kind of goes into my next point, so I guess I'll just talk about it really quickly, but the other big mistake that I was doing was I was not following a program. I was showing up to the gym, kind of coming up with things on the fly, or even if I did plan it out for the week, the next week I would do something completely different, and you know, I was the girl who just was jumping from machine to machine, literally doing jump squats in between my session, in between my sets, like just kind of stayed moving the whole time, didn't really have a plan. And my body didn't change at all. It just looked the same for probably two years. So we talk a lot about programming. We talk a lot about doing the basics and the basics will never stop working, but you have to be pushing yourself at the right intensity too. So it's not like when we say continue to do the basics over time, we're not saying do your back squats at 95 pounds and never push past that. It's you have to be progressing. You have to make progress with the basics and there's a ton of different variations you can implement with the basics. But um, at the end of the day, You have to be following a program that repeats itself over at least four weeks so that you're actually giving your body a chance to improve and to adapt and to get better. Because if you're doing something different every week, it's you're not giving yourself that chance. So those are my, I guess, two back to back there. All right. I got a couple that can kind of intertwine. If I had to pick one mistake, I would say this was my biggest um, and it was over relying on supplements. And I over-relied on supplements during a time where it was very dangerous to over-rely on supplements. Things being completely unregulated, some very, very nasty shit in those supplements. And that is why I am where I am today, to be completely honest. Um, I won't do the whole story. We've got an episode on it. It's on my YouTube channel. But diagnosed with Barrett's esophagus at 21 years old which is essentially an old person's disease. Um, Nobody was going to test me for it. I had my heart getting tested. My lungs were getting tested. I was going to the doctor every week to figure out what was happening because I felt like I was having a heart attack every single day. Um, You know, I would get tunnel vision, chest would pound. I couldn't breathe every single day uh, for about a year and a half. So finally, as I was going through my fitness nutrition specialization, this was one of the diseases that was in the book for some reason. Uh, Barrett's esophagus. So I said, Hey, can we do an endoscopy and test for this? It's like, there's no way you have it. It's for old people, but we'll do it anyway. Sure enough, that's what I came back with. Um, and it was terrible. It was a very difficult period of my life and it, it lasted a decade. Um, I ended up having a bunch of surgeries to burn it off radio frequency ablation. Um, something they're starting to do more frequently now, but it took a while for them to do that for me. Long story short, how did I get there? I was a broke college student spending all of my money. I would literally work at the gym. I was working at, um, not Equinox. What's the other one that's over there? It's kind of an old people gym. Not big, not big sky. It's like an old people gym. I don't know. Uh, Irrelevant. LA fitness. No, that's not an old people gym. I don't know. It was, it's like a very expensive membership and it's usually like 35 and plus anyway, health uh, tracks. Health tracks. Yes. Um, working at health tracks, training health tracks. So I would literally wake up, 
pound my pre-workout, take jacked a hand, 3D. jacked 3D, where it specifically says, do not take more than four or five days a week. Do not take the max every single time. There's like some intense warnings And on that. do not consume any additional caffeine if you are, ma- not if you're maxing out, but with this at all, period. So I was taking it seven days a week. I was taking the full three scoops and I was having two cups of coffee because my body got used to that shit, which is ridiculous because it makes you run through walls. And my body said, nah, this isn't enough anymore. So I was doing that on three hours of sleep because I blacked out the night before every single night uh, with a handle of vodka to my face. Not that I shared it. I could pound a 30 rack, not be drunk. We have another episode on this, but I was an entirely different human being. Um, So handle of vodka, three hours of sleep, three scoops of Jack 3D, a couple cups of coffee on my way to the gym at five o'clock in the morning when I stopped drinking at two o'clock in the morning. Get my lift in, work, rinse and repeat every single day. So unregulated supplements. I drank a disgusting amount of alcohol in a very short period of time. And uh, I just, I literally melted my esophagus. I I destroyed my body. Um, I do look back on it now as a blessing because I am where I am today because of all the lessons I learned from that and the things that I focus on now that I can teach to other people, teach to our coaches, bring to our whole team. But all my money, all my time went to working and partying. All my money went to supplements and drinking. It was literally, I think at one point, $300 a month in supplements for someone who had no money, um, which is pretty That is pretty proof wild. that if you really want something bad enough, you can make it happen. So. Mm-hmm, it is. <laughs> I just wanted the wrong thing that bad. Uh, yeah, so I mean, on the other side of it, kind of hitting on the first point, focusing on whole foods, I wouldn't have felt like shit or needed that much of a pick me up for my workouts had I been prioritizing, you know, what I was actually putting into my body in regards to whole foods. So if you're um, somebody who you feel like you need pre-workout today to get a good workout in, uh, let's create some awareness around that because you don't. Um, but I would argue that if you feel like you need pre-workout there's probably something off with your nutrition yeah, or biofeedback in general. It shouldn't be a need. It should be, as the name implies, it should be a supplement in addition to all the things you're doing to get that little extra edge. I was relying on it, whereas now today, and proof is in the pudding, for about a year, I was training fasted just on electrolytes. I'd wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, head out to the gym before the kids got up, literally just drink my electrolytes, and I felt fine. I was not performing as well as I am now when I'm training after eating and I have a cup of coffee and I have a non-stim pre-workout from Legion. Um, so that is a supplement because I can I know I can get more out of my performance and get more out of my workout by doing those things, but I don't need it. And I don't, don't always take it. And I didn't take it for a year. It was just straight electrolytes. So now these things are a supplement to help me get that last two, three um, percent. But I'll couple that with what I kind of hit on before. My next point being having zero focus on a recovery regimen. Again, I relied on those things because I was partying, because I was not sleeping. I was training three hours after the party ended um, in, on certain occasions. So sleep, alcohol consumption, rest days. There were, I would train every day unless I was completely shot and then I'd take a day off and then I'd start over. I wasn't tracking rest days. I wasn't ensuring that I was getting one to two rest days per week. Um, and that alone, I mean, just focusing on sleep, if you're getting less than eight hours a night of sleep, you have the testosterone typically, the the data typically shows the testosterone levels of someone 10 years older than you. This is one of the biggest things you can do. Um, you know, people will talk about, I think it was Stan Efferding was making a post on Merrick Health and he was saying people stepping over, uh, 
$20 bills to pick up dimes because they're waking up super early on five hours of sleep to go do fasted cardio. Mm -hmm. So is, is cardio beneficial? Of course. But if we're not sleeping, you know, to what detriment are we doing these things? So as a busy parent, we talk about this a lot, or just a busy human in general, we have certain levels of priority. And we want to make sure our health is a priority, but we want to make sure we're prioritizing the right things. Sleep is right up there with training and nutrition. It's it's right cool. there. Um, on our live event last week, which was super fun, by the way, if you missed it, um, someone, I forget what she specifically asked, but it was about sleep, how she struggles with getting a full night's sleep or something. Yeah, but she was training late and she was eating right up until but bedtime. But also she said she was scrolling on her phone before bed. Yep. And I think it's just one of those things that... We are doing without really, we're not aware that we're doing it and we're not aware that it really impacts how we sleep. So just something as simple as putting your phone away and not being on your phone an hour before bed can improve your sleep drastically. So again, coming back to just being aware of what you're currently doing. And this is really where having a coach can come in because a lot of people argue like, oh, I'm doing all the right things. I know what I need to do. Um, they think they're doing all the right things. But in reality, every single one of us can level up in some way. And even me and you. Many like, ways. Even us, for people who are kind of at the level where we're at, where we feel like we're in a good flow with most things, I would argue there's still opportunity for us to grow and get better if we were literally to hire a grow. coach right now, right? Yeah, I was. I want to say literally grow. Our next level up is doing full-out garden and self-reliance oh, yeah i'm just saying like in general like yeah. personal growth like having that outside perspective you should is never get beneficial. to the point where you feel like you are doing all the right things and you're good like you maxed out like i'm gonna jump in right there because i was on a call for arte syndicate so a mentorship with andy Frisella and uh, ed mylett and he talks about this bell curve example so like this was like talking about hiring employees and getting the most out of them so typically you know, someone starts off, you start training them, you teach them, improvement goes up, 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 they peak, they think they're the man, and then they get complacent, and then you start trending back down. And this is true with anything in life. You hit your stride like I'm golden, you take your foot off the gas, and then we start trending back down. So staying humble, I'll never assuming you know everything and you're in the perfect spot, but that there is always a level to go up. There is always something you'd be doing better, refining your system allows that to be more of a linear projection where you continue to, to trend up versus this up and down roller coaster everybody's on. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. Um, so no, you're not doing everything possible. And yes, you can be doing better in some areas. And that's why we have coaches. That's why, I mean, even as a coach over the years, we both have had coaches too when we've had specific goals because you, I don't want to say you perform better because that's not always the case, but you almost you're just held accountable and you can always be learning from someone with a different perspective than you. So just a plug for coaching, because to me, it's just like an invaluable investment. It's one of the best investments you can make. And I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or just on stories, but my hope that, you know, at some point, if things get better in our healthcare system, in our government, this should be covered in your health insurance plan as Sometimes a really good plan will have massage therapy, but typically chiropractic, sometimes acupuncture. And those kind of more holistic approaches are semi-included. Um, one small step in the right direction. Um, TrueMed, I believe, is the company who is starting to uh, put some things together to help you get your HSA and FSA account to, to, uh, to cover, not cover, but allow for 
spending on uh, on health coaching, which is incredible. It's one of the best things you can do for your health. One of your be- one of the best investments you can make in your life. As you get these things built, you establish the correct lifestyle. Productivity goes up. Your relationships improve because you start feeling better. You have more energy and more vitality. So, you know, I had a controversial post in regards to quote unquote being a luxury you know, buying a luxury car or a more expensive car than you actually need versus health coaching, which is a fraction of the cost. Um, but it's true. You're going to get so much more out of working with a coach. But that's the end of the plug. I do want to circle back to sleep for a second. Um, having that outside perspective, understanding there are different things going into sleep. So what I wanted to finish up with was even if we're doing things that feel like they're allowing us to sleep better, a la alcohol, drinking that glass of wine to unwind before bed mm-hmm. after after dinner, smoking weed. You might fall asleep faster and you might sleep longer, but you're not going through those sleep cycles. So it's not restorative sleep. You are asleep. You're literally unconscious, but you're not recovering very well. So just because sleep happens, if you're not waking up feeling like a million bucks, you're not recovering the right way. So there's different things we talk about in regards to coaching, uh, but that you can pay attention to too for your sleep routine that are actually going to be beneficial. So not eating three hours before bed, not drinking alcohol, um, smoking weed, using those as sleep supplements, sleep aids because they're not, um, you know, swapping out your phone and the TV for reading a book, little things like that that go a long way. So you're on four. Number four, kind of along the same lines, is not paying attention to biofeedback. So when I first started, it was literally just, I'm going to follow this training program. I'm going to follow this meal plan, and I'm just going to go hard into both of those without any regard for sleep, without any regard for my digestion, without any regard for what my energy levels were doing throughout the day. My menstrual cycle didn't care what that looked like. Um... Granted, I was on birth control, but you get my point. Like I just was not focusing on all of the aspects that actually make you feel good in your day to day. And it was just more so about following the programs to get an external physical result. So part of making this a lifestyle and part of making this an enjoyable process is doing things that actually make you feel better too. Because what is the point if you achieve your dream body and you feel like crap? every day like you're not going to sustain that it's not going to be as good as you thought it was going to be um and you're not going to be happy you may think you're going to be happy if you look a certain way but you're not if you feel like crap on the inside so biofeedback is so important it is one of the biggest things that we focus on with our one-on-one clients and have them pay attention to and if you're not paying attention to it you you need to be if you want to feel good yeah if you're feeling better you're physically improved. Like you're going to see the changes at a certain point. That's just the way it goes. My number four, avoiding cardio like the plague. And this is something that I would give the excuse, oh, I'm not going to compromise my muscle. I'm not going to compromise my strength. I don't, I don't want to burn that many more calories. I'm trying to bulk up. I was on a forever bulk for years. And if you are doing cardio and you're aligning it within your training the right way, it makes everything else better. So I didn't do it to burn more calories. I don't currently do it to burn more calories. I do it because it makes my lifting better. It's improving blood flow. It's delivering nutrients more efficiently to my muscles as I'm going throughout. It's improving my heart health. It's lowering my blood pressure. I've been pre-hypertensive forever, basically since I started dealing with gut issues. Um, And now that I have that under control and I'm supplementing cardio efficiently and effectively, it's down into a normal range for the first time since I was like 15 or 16 years old. It's been that long. Um, so it's for overall health, just moving our bodies, you know, going for a walk. It's not exclusively cardio, but it can have some cardiovascular benefits. 
Um, but it just adds to the overall daily movement and the more moving, you know, the more we're increasing lifespan and the more data is showing you're decreasing your mortality rate. It makes you happier. It makes you happier. Your mood. Um, it's funny to me to hear you say that because I feel like it's opposite for men and women. Like men, a lot of men, I should say, not all, but a lot of men are typically like you where they just want to bulk up and get jacked and like, they're not super focused on the cardio side of things. And most women are so heavy into the cardio when they start their journey because they think that's how they get toned and how they lose body fat when in reality both sides of the spectrum we need both we need to be lifting progressively and focusing on increasing muscle mass because that naturally declines as we get older and it will allow you to look the way that you want to look as a woman who wants to be toned and we need cardio for all the benefits you just mentioned but I think it's so interesting because there are some gender roles with that too well, I'm not going to say I typically enjoy cardio. Like I hate going for runs. I don't love the Peloton. Um, it can be meditative once you get into that flow state and you're doing it. Um, but the idea of just going for a jog, especially on the treadmill, it's just a, a big F that. I will say I am in the phase of life where I want to be a fucking warrior, especially the way the world is right now. Like I want to be completely self-reliant. I want to be able to go hike a mountain, to go run as far as I need to run, to be able to lift whatever the fuck I need to lift, to be able to fight whatever I need to fight. So I was doing boxing for a while before business got nuts over here and busy. Um, and I loved that. And the cardio kicked my ass. So it was something that was needed to be able to fight. Um, but that's where I'm at. I want to lift. I want to look good. I want to be lean. I want to be efficient. I want to be a fucking warrior. And cardio is a part of that. So that's kind of my motivation if I am completely against it when I wake up. I've been doing it. Wake up, do my cold exposure do a couple miles. Um, just reminding myself, this is part of being a badass. It sucks while you're in it sometimes, but when you're done, there is no greater feeling than like knowing like, Hey, I just ran 10 miles. Okay. Mm -hmm. For me, for me, climbing out of a 33 degree cold plunge does that for me. There's no greater feeling <laughs> well, than that. I just think when you like cardio goals for me are so fun at this point, like I'm going to do the 10K. I'm going to do a half marathon this year. I'm doing the 10K. I probably will do a full marathon next year. Like that's my 2025 goal. Um, are you going to do Spartan or Tough Mudder? I don't think they have. T I was looking at it with Doobie the other day. They, it looks like they cut the events. For Tough Mudder? Yeah. I it think stinks. they went bankrupt. They were bought out by uh, Spartan. And apparently Spartan's supposed to be harder like Tough Mudder's community. Yeah, Spartans. we could do Spartan. I would do it. Um, but I want to do like, I'll even throw out like I, before I die, I would like to do an ultra marathon or something oh. crazy. Like I just want to do an ultra or something. Mary Jo was sending over. My aunt sends over these like mini ultra races across cool landscapes, which would be awesome. So something like that or a full that. ultra. I don't know. I don't know yet, but I, I'm not, I'm at the point where I know I'm still not at my peak fitness and it's so exciting because a lot of people think like once they hit 30, you just start to decline. But if you flip your mindset and tell yourself like you're still going to accomplish huge things as a 30, 40, 50 year old, like there's people out there doing some crazy stuff as like I just saw, what was it? Yesterday I saw a reel of this woman. She was 92. Her daughter's a trainer, but she looks, if you didn't tell me she was 92, I would have guessed she was probably like. 70 maybe and she was going to the gym lifting weights at the gym like she says she feels as good as she felt when she was 30 or 40 and she's 92 good for her. so it just goes to show that you cannot just adapt the mindset that life has to suck as you get older and there is so much 
out there if you believe that you can do it. But you have to believe that you can do it. Tech is coming up. People are thinking they're going to make it to 180. Some kind of outrageous numbers. 180 years old. Some outrageous claims. Hmm. These biohackers. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Maybe I'll be, uh, I don't know. Number five, living in an all or nothing mindset. So for me, I am, I'm still this way. Um, I'm better at managing it, but you're on one side of it or you're on the other side. It's extreme or extreme. So you are face deep in a bucket of cake or you are all about your chicken, rice, and broccoli every single day. You're not like that with your food. Hmm? You're not like that with your food still. I said that was my mistake. You said I'm still I'm still like that, but I'm better at managing it. Like I understand my mindset yeah. towards it, but going to an event, a birthday party, for example, rather than just pounding all of the cake and all of the desserts and all of this and that, I'll have a small portion. If I, if, if I want to try everything, it'll be literally a tiny portion of each of those things. And I'll have everything, but it will be a tiny portion. If I want one thing, I'll enjoy that one thing. Whereas in the past, and my, my uncle tested this one time at a buffet at the casino, it's like, I bet you can't have every dessert here. And I fucking did it. I had every dessert at the buffet, the whole fucking serving. And it was very hard in my stomach. Um, but I did it. But that was where I was at. I would do everything or I would do nothing. I would be training as hard as I could or I would not be training at all. Every aspect of my life, there was no balance. And especially as a parent, you have to understand what can you afford to do, what can you not afford to do time-wise, obviously. Just because you don't have 60 to 90 minutes to train in that mindset, I would be like, well, fuck it. I'm not doing it. I'm not training. I'll figure it out when I can train. And that's where a lot of people are. If you can't have the same sessions you used to have growing up, there are no sessions at all. I was just going to say, this is probably the biggest struggle clients come to us with is that all or nothing mindset. And it's why we so heavily focus on mindset. Because when you, first of all, this is a skill. Like to practice this is a skill. It's not something that's just going to be like, okay, here's our secret mindset hack, here you go, and next week you're good. Like, this is something that takes intention and work and is an actual skill to practice, and you get better at over time. It's not going to be one birthday party and you're good to go for life. So understand that, but I would say this is probably the biggest area clients struggle with, and it's a big thing that we work on with them because it's really hard to figure that out on your own, but also, like, become aware that you're even doing it in the first place there are periods where things are nuts here and i have to train 20 to 30 minutes like my straight sets become supersets my rest periods drop to 30 seconds and i still feel good and i still look good and i'm still able to be consistent with that which is why i'm able to crush my longer term goals and i don't just fall off and ride this roller coaster up and down you, you make it work with however you can. With whatever you have available, you make it work. If all you have is a set of dumbbells and a bench, cool, you can make it work. If all you have is 20 minutes a day, cool, you can make it work. We feed ourselves these false stories that if I can't do this in the perfect scenario, then it's not even worth it, which could not be farther from the truth. If you can do something, do it. And you can do something. If you have to wake up, roll out of bed, and do 100 push-ups and 100 squats and 100 sit-ups every day, that is better than doing nothing at all. If you can only wake up and go run three miles and that's all the time you have for the day, do it. Move your body. Eat well. Control the controllables. So, you know, the all or nothing mindset just sets us up to fail because you're going to have streaks where you do incredible things in very short periods of time, but you will never maintain that. 
and you will fall back off and end up oftentimes worse than when you started the all in mindset, the all you were all in with everything and you fall off entirely. So that was something I was locked in for a very long period of time. Once you find that balance, you find that shift. It's really where we developed the SDE method to allow everything to ebb and flow in those five pillars, training, nutrition, mindset, movement, habits, finding different levels, intuitive approaches, along with the more strict protocols when you can. Um, you make that shift. It's a game changer. My last one is eating clean during the weekdays and then going balls to the wall on the weekends. And we've told this story many of times in the podcast, but when we were still in the mindset of clean eating is like the thing that everybody was doing in San Diego. And then we would literally eat the plain chicken, rice, broccoli, like just boring, bland meals throughout the week. And then we would go out to dinner and have our cheat days and like literally be in pain because we would eat so much food and Remember so 50, much 50 burger. What? 50, 50 burger. Yeah. I just saw that picture the other day. It was half ground beef, half ground bacon into a burger. But it was massive. It was like, it was the biggest burger I've ever seen in my Wasn't life. Wasn't a giant brownie served after that? We we sat down at the table, but we were your brother and the people before us ordered like a brownie dessert cooked. I don't even know what it was. It was this huge tray of brownies and the waitress was like, well, they didn't touch it or I don't remember. She like came over and delivered it and realized we were a different group or something. And we were like, we just got here. And she's like, well, you can have it. We ate the brownies first and then we ordered our burgers and then we ordered dessert after. I don't remember that. I vividly remember that because I was like, this is, we're eating brownies before. You did it too. It wasn't just me. But we would have these like epic cheat days. And like even before that, even before we met, like this is how I went about life in college too. Like I would try to be so good during the week. And then on the weekends, we would just binge drink and just eat. I don't even think I would eat a full meal, but I would eat like 10 Reese's eggs. Like it was just not a healthy balance or way of living at all. And that's what people fall into as a trap nowadays. It's, oh, I do very well and I do things in moderation. I don't understand why I'm not progressing. You don't understand what moderation is. Like some people might still view that as moderation. That's yeah. an extreme example. Even a less extreme example, let's say they're just scattering in a couple of Reese's eggs at the end of each day. You're taking yourself right out of that deficit. So moderate. if you're not progressing, moderation is not what you think it is. Yeah, little things add up over time. All the little bites and licks and tastes that you are not tracking, you're still eating. You're just not tracking it. So even though on paper, it looks like you're having 1,500 calories if you're not tracking accurately, and that's another big one. And honestly, that is why you're not seeing progress. That is why you're gaining weight. That is why you're not losing body fat. So just some things to keep in mind there. But instead of just being on point for five days and throwing it all away over the weekend, you have to come up with a method and a protocol that fits your life across the spectrum. And sometimes that means being intentional, being more intentional on our weekend days too. But that's a huge one. All right, give me your top five biggest mistakes recap. Recap, not in any order. Thinking proper nutrition meant always looking for less, not paying attention to biofeedback, doing too much cardio and only tracking calories burned, not following a program, doing random workouts, and eating clean during the week and overloading on the weekends. My top five, not paying attention to fiber and nutrient diversity, over-relying on supplements, having no focus on a recovery regimen, avoiding cardio like the plague, and living in an all-or-nothing mindset. There you have it, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Got some things you're able to pull from it and apply starting today. 
Where can they find you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else is linked in the show notes.